0: welcome to don't retire graduate the podcast that teaches you how to advance into retirement rather than retreating i'm your host and valedictorian eric brotman and this is the first show of can you believe it our fourth season i hope you had a restful and amazing summer i hope you did your summer assignment and in our next office hours we're going to talk about it and see how you did but our first guest of the 2021-2022 school year here at retire you is Cassania eudena Cassania is a prolific entrepreneur, an MBA, a CFA, um, a a, a truly a remarkable human who's going to share with us not only uh, how she became an entrepreneur and, and dealt with venture capital and other things as a woman in the financial world, but also why it's important for financial planning to be for everyone and not only for the wealthy. And she's created an app that was the first of its kind to really make a difference for families at every end of the financial spectrum. So Ksenia, welcome to the show
1: hi Eric thank you so much for having me here
0: this is this is exciting because I, I could talk to you for six hours I can already tell so we're gonna have to distill this down into a, a, a half an hour show but why don't you share with our audience first a little bit about your background and how you got interested in uh, personal finance in, in the way you have
1: uh, yeah sure happy to uh, so so first of all um, you know, I came to this country from Russia when I was just 18 years old. Right, <laughs> long, uh, long, long story short, and I had to put myself through school, uh, you know, through undergrad and then business school and then eventually CFA, without any financial support from my parents. And I ended up graduating with 180,000 in student debt uh, when I graduated from UCLA Anderson. And quite honestly, a lot of my friends were affected by this problem. Like a lot of my 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 close friends graduated with a ton of student debt and just just like drowning. Like they had to delay very important life decisions like, you know, buying their first home or starting a family because of student debt. And then I basically spent about 12 years in financial industry. Uh, My employment before i started UNESCO was a capital group where i was working with wealthy clients helping them with financial planning and that's where i recognized that there is a big problem worth solving uh so first of all i, I realized that saving and investing for children was number one priority for parents, even ahead of retirement, (laughs) like in in a lot of cases. Uh, But there is nothing in the market that, you know, exists that makes it, would would make it like like simple and affordable and accessible for families uh, if they don't have access to financial advisors. And then, uh, you know, obviously I got a lot of questions from, my friends who were like i mentioned like recent graduates they started having kids and i offered them solution that we use that capital group uh to, to service our wealthy clients and i just got a lot of pushback because what i realized is that all of my uh friends were already using mobile based solutions like you know like Robin Hood and Venmo and everything else, you know, to trade, uh, manage budget, but there was nothing really in the market that would help parents for that number one goal that they had for their kids to start saving and investing early so my, my mission just to kind of conclude you know at capital was to create something that would make this process of saving and investing for children be super simple fast affordable and accessible to people of all income levels and all economic backgrounds not just my clients at capital
0: so in 2018 you founded right. you founded unest and i have i've poked around on the web and and read a lot about this and, and I really think it, it is a disruptive technology in all the positive ways. Um, can you talk a little bit about how it works and, and, and what benefit you're able to bring to the table with this tool that maybe others ha- simply haven't created yet or haven't uh, found a way to do
1: yeah, no, sure. So UNEST basically is the first mobile-based solution uh, that helps parents open a simple and affordable tax advantaged investment account for the kids uh, to save for the kids' future. And basically, anyone with a smartphone can do it. It only takes five minutes to open the account. Uh, they can manage the account from the cell phone. You know, They can make additional contributions, change investment plan, uh, use college savings calculator. And on top of that, we also have have two amazing features to help families save even more. Uh, the first one is gifting, so friends and family can easily contribute into the child's account for birthdays, holidays, and like other you know important occasions. Uh, and especially during the pandemic, it became super popular because people cannot see each other in person, so it's just very you know uh, simple to send money to child's account electronically. And the second one is our partnership uh, with a lot of brands through Unest Rewards, so every time when our families shop in brands that they love uh, you know, they make a purchase or like make a subscription, they actually get rewards from those brands right into the child's investment account. So it's basically like every time you spend, you basically also save and invest for your child's future.
0: So, so i i did see some of these brands and that is cool because one thing i know particularly about americans is we love to shop and so (laughs) i imagine there are lots of contributions being made to these accounts uh organically in that way which is terrific and gifting is a big deal because it is not always easy for people to know how to gift to their particularly grandchildren and Mm -hmm. you know you you can only when you're four years old you can only have so many stuffed animals a a gift to something that's going to be a lot more meaningful um, sometimes makes a huge difference. Now, uh, how does UNES differ from, for example, YouPromise, which is one of the 529 college savings plans out there that, that has what sounds like a similar model, but I think on a more limited scale. Is UNES is bigger than that, right?
1: Yeah, so we definitely, like, our platform grew extremely quickly uh, in terms of, like, number of users and number of brands uh, in, the, in the past, you know, several months. But I would say... Couple major differences. Uh, so first of all, we do not offer 529 plans. We actually started with 529 plans and we transition to a different type of account right in the middle of pandemic. And the reason for that basically was profound feedback from our user base, from our families, from parents that they do not want restrictions associated with 529s, especially during the pandemic when you know education shifted online, And a lot of people were questioning whether the cost of education is sustainable and whether the kids will like even go to school. So just to kind of like give you a quick overview how two accounts like differ, right? Five twenty nine is amazing a financial tool to save for education, to save for college, and it they can't gross tax-free. Uh, but the downside is that if you don't end up spending it for college or educational expenses, you actually lose all tax advantages, and the earnings portion is penalized by 10%. So when we transition to UTMA, so UTMA is basically a great alternative to save for your kids, for college or other expenses. It also has amazing tax advantages, but it doesn't have the same restrictions. So basically, as long as you spend, uh, you know, the uh, funds for... Like for a child, for anything that benefits the child, it can be the first house, it can be the first the car, it can be the wedding day. You actually do not get those penalties, and you still can enjoy the tax advantages. And in terms of uh, rewards, so you, you mentioned you promise, and you know it's it's been around for a while. Uh, but you know the feedback that I got from some of my friends that have been using it, uh, you know like they started using it like 15 years ago, is that they, they were not able to accumulate sufficient uh, rewards using you promise. So basically rewards typically are based on percentage of purchase and result in pretty small, um, you know, addition to the 529 account versus with our Unest rewards, parents getting anywhere from $10 all the way to $100 per purchase they make. So the rewards actually do um, result in pretty significant savings.
0: That is significant, and I can see how it would add up quickly, especially if you start your kids young. Uh, Now, when you finished your MBA at UCLA, you had $180,000 of student loans. You were married with three kids. Is that right?
1: That's correct. Uh, Well, I I graduated from UCLA. I had one child, (laughs) and then I started at at Capital Group, and, um, you know... uh, but found out that I'm pregnant with twins, so that was an interesting oh. surprise. <laughs> so, so you de- you
0: decided, yeah, you decided to have a second child and got the bonus plan. That
1: that's right. I'm all for efficiency, <laughs> you know.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, that's funny. So, 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 how did you get out of that student debt? I mean, we we try and encourage people as much as possible to avoid student loans. I, I consider uh-huh. them, in most cases, to not be uh, very helpful, especially for undergrad. Yeah a little bit different for graduate school if it's truly going to enhance your income potential depending what field you're in but for undergraduate school there's so many options to avoid or minimize student loans Um, I I, I imagine you feel that they're an albatross around your neck and and that they're a problem but how how did you get out of the student debt Uh, are you willing to share sort of your your story of, of, of getting out of that what is really a massive financial hole at a young age
1: yeah, no, that, that's a great question. And I, I would say I, I completely agree with you uh, for the undergrad, like, you know, there are some ways that you can use, some tools that you can use to avoid that, right? You know, financial aid and scholarships, and there are some, you know, o- other ways. So actually, when I was getting my undergrad, I did not get any any student debt at all. Like I, I, was fully on financial aid, which was great because I was very proud that you know I was able to get myself through school without accumulating any any student debt. But uh, the graduate degree was a different uh, different animal <laughs> because I am a big big believer in education. I believe that education opens so many doors in life, and uh, obviously that that was the reason I decided to get my MBA and I decided to pursue my CFA. Uh, but with graduate degree is pretty much impossible to avoid student debt because school is so expensive. Like, we're all talking about inflation uh, in this country, and inflation is pretty low. It's like, you know, 1.5%, 2%, and uh, the tuition cost was increasing like 6% per year, right? It's like triple that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, when I got to Anderson, basically, I didn't have much option, you know, like, I, I did have to uh, get a little bit uh, in debt to afford school. And in terms of like how am I getting myself out of uh, student debt, I'm not completely debt-free, <laughs> let's admit okay. that, uh, it's, it's, it's not so easy just to, to get rid of it, like after you graduate, I basically got myself on uh, the income-based plan and uh, like my, you know, student uh, debt payments just attached to uh, how much I make every month and, you know, I like little by little on a monthly basis uh, paying it off.
0: You know, it's been said, how do you eat an elephant with a spoon and it's one spoonful at a time? That is a really, really big loan. And, I, you know, we've, we've seen folks with sometimes b- between married couples, we've seen them with half a million dollars of yes. student debt. Yes. Uh, it's like having a big house payment with no house.
1: Yes Eric, you're talking about couples like let me share a quick story like I have like one of my best friends uh, we actually like you know we both came from Russia and you both like have very successful you know careers but she decided to become a doctor and went to USC to get her dental degree and so she graduated after six years of rigorous studying uh, she finally got her dent- dentist degree. she graduated with half a million dollar in student debt. Wow. that that's i i believe it's like for one person it's it's pretty excessive so i'm, I'm sure she's going to have like a very successful career and she's going to continue on this journey but it's going to be drug on her life for like years to come
0: well it, it does because you know yeah. you you're aware that the power of compounding interest is wonderful on mm-hmm. the <laughs> uh, on the accretive side on the investment side it's not as wonderful yeah. on the debt side um, yeah. but equally powerful just in a negative way um now you went into the financial world which is and we've had guests on this show before who talk about uh, what is really an unbelievably male dominated field to this day and i I think in the cfp world um it's about 88 percent male um in the venture capital world it's it's more like 98 percent male um Mm -hmm. and yet you managed not only to navigate it adroitly but successfully how, how? I guess first, how did you decide you were going to take a plunge where you were? Um, you really were in a, a, a significant minority, and in some in some cases, at a significant disadvantage. Um, how did you decide to do that, and how did you overcome um, being in that in that two percent?
1: Yeah, um, amazing question. Uh, I. But actually, like, you know, when, when I started the company, I did not know, I did not realize that the problem was that profound. <laughs> so I was very oblivious, you know, when I, when I quit my job at Capital Group and decided to start this entrepreneurial journey, I really just believed in the idea, right? Like, I really believed that there's a huge problem worth solving, and I would be the right person to tackle it with, like, all my, you know, education and background and knowledge, uh, and I, was, I, just, I just was very passionate about it. And, and I didn't think that money would be a problem. I thought, like, if you come up with something uh, significant that, you know, it will be like a world-changing idea, uh, like you disrupt disrupting, you know, huge financial industry and, like, people really need it and they want it, that the money will not be an issue. Oh, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, and, and by the way, like I, you know, like like you mentioned, in CFA world, like I was still a minority, like at capital group in finance. I, I was always like in maybe like 10% of, you know, like uh, female um, professionals. But getting into venture capital and into startups, I realized that this is where like there is like a real inequality and like there is like a real disparity and it's really hard for women to get access to um to capital so and like you said like you know uh probably two percent of women get uh any venture capital at all but in in fintech and financial technology i would argue that that percentage is like 0.0002 (laughs) percent. so it's extremely extremely hard Uh, so, so the way i was overcoming this problem after like like realizing that it's not going to be as easy as i imagined i actually surrounded myself uh with great advisors and those advisors were, you know, repeat entrepreneurs, uh, industry professionals, uh, you know, fintech uh, founders with an extremely amazing track record. And I gave them, you know, a little bit of my company, like some equity in the company. And I asked for help navigating this extremely complex complex and male-dominated industry, and they actually were making a lot of introductions, and they were validating my idea, and they were explaining investors that what I'm working on was actually a break, breakthrough idea, and it's worth looking at, uh, and yeah, like, only, you know, thank I'm, I'm very thankful to those advisors that, you know, made it happen for me. Another interesting kind of angle I took, my first round of funding, uh, the seed round, which is Historically, the most difficult for entrepreneurs to close was actually li- led by Artemis Fund, and Artemis Fund is specifically focused on female entrepreneurs. They invest in exceptional women entrepreneurs, and this is the entire thesis: they believe that companies that are funded by women have like greater results, more pro- probability to su- uh, to succeed, and you know they have like a great backing uh, from some financial institutions and both individuals. So I, again, like extremely grateful uh for meeting artemis at the right time of my journey and uh extremely grateful for the mission to support female entrepreneurs
0: you shed a a lot of light on on the how you know the surrounding yourself with a great team and and a a deep bench of advisors is i think a best practice in any industry in any field Mm -hmm. um and then you know identifying potential seed capital which is always the toughest um, mm-hmm. It sounds like you found a resource that was right up your alley. I guess the question isn't so much how anymore um, regarding the, the domination of men in this industry. The question's why. Why is it that women entrepreneurs have trouble getting uh, financing, getting seed capital, when the 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 data seems to show, if anything else, that a lot of women entrepreneurs are more successful than their male counterparts. So why in the world would this still be happening? What is the what's the why?
1: Yeah, I, I think couple couple of reasons for that. Uh, the first reason is some just unconscious bias, right? That you it's it's very hard to overcome. Uh, it's it's, it's very relationship-based business, right? And when we build relationship, it's much easier to give money to someone who looks like you and acts like you and speaks like you, right? And um, so a lot of, you know, venture capitalists just uh, don't see women as <laughs> representing them, you know, like they look very different and uh, they're very unusual type of founders. So I would say, first of all, like yeah, we're not perceived uh, psychologically as, as capable and um as uh, qualified and credible as as as, as men. Second uh, reason I believe it's just like we are, like women, a lot of times just don't have access to the same type of networks, right? Like that's what I realized. Uh, Even like in FinTech, a lot of times, we have this like breakfast for female founders in FinTech or like, you know, evening event for female founders in FinTech. And in my mind, you know, in order to get us connected to the capital, like you can't really segregate, you know, female founders, right, like it needs to be very inclusive group of people working together, where everyone is, you know, measured by their merit. Uh, and, you know, it's it's crucial to create those connections. It's crucial to, to get to meet people face to face. And you can't just like put, you know, female founders in a separate, in separate, separate room, uh, hoping that they can find uh, capital uh, from other female founders. And I would say the last one is also, you know, the lack of um, successful exits, right, for female founders. We do need more role models. We do need more kind of uh, like just track record, more female founders that make it to IPOs, more female founders that go through successful acquisitions that other female founders, first of all, would understand that, Hey, this is possible. And like, I can do this. If she can, if she can do it, I can do it too. I can try it too. And also that uh, investors will actually see the results and will not look at us as, as a higher risk with lower probability of success.
0: Um, my daughter's 11, and I, I want her to listen to this episode at some point, maybe not at 11, but some point soon to hear your message, because I, I couldn't agree with you more. Seeing someone um, have a level of success um, is motivating and does matter, and particularly when it's someone you can identify with somewhat. I certainly get that. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about how financial advice Reaches folks who are not the wealthiest, you know, one or two or three percent in the country. Uh, and we certainly know that there's um, y- you've heard of Blue Ocean versus versus Red Ocean. And, you know, there's a lot of high end, uh, high net worth firms fighting over the the multi multimillionaire homes and the uh, or mm-hmm. millionaire households. And, you know, they're they're sort of clobbering each other for the multifamily office business and all this kind of stuff. But most of the country
1: is mm-hmm. not in that
0: boat and desperately needs financial guidance and advice that's affordable and reliable and isn't you know a lot of a lot of times the the I'll call it middle income folks or, or you know middle class is they're relegated to getting advice from salespeople. Mm-hmm. people who who, yes, they might call themselves advisors, but oftentimes they're selling product. Um, and that kind of creates a stigma that's a fair stigma. So where do people go for good, objective, affordable uh, financial advice if they're not ultra wealthy?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so first of all, the reality is that 90% of people don't even have access to financial advice, right? And those are people who need it the most, as you mentioned. Um, So the interesting thing about our platform um, at UNES, we have about ninety percent or ninety-five percent of people uh, who make of parents who make less than hundred thousand a year. So this is like the income level, right? So like our mission is definitely to make it accessible to people of all income levels, of all, all economic backgrounds. Um, it's it's complicated right now. Parents and and and. Uh, People like you said with like you know just average income levels, they're looking for solutions online. They're looking for solutions on mobile. Uh, pretty much the default method is to go to Google or to go to uh, App Store and then start searching, right? Especially during the pandemic, that desire for people to save has intensified and increased significantly. And people are saving like thirty percent more right now. But also desire to find you know qualified financial advice to educate you know, themselves about financial literacy, you know, increased significantly during the pandemic. So again, like people just looking for fast, convenient, affordable, accessible, mobile or electronic methods and in my mind what's happening with financial advice right now is very similar to what what was happening with e-commerce like 20 years ago when amazon started with like selling books and then selling like other type of goods Uh, everything is going to be digital very soon right 10 years from now i would say that because of technology because technology makes it so much easier and convenient and automated and accessible you know uh, like financial advisors still will be there for the wealthy, maybe for one or two percent but most of the people will be using electronic you know electronic means to access financial advice and another thing I, I in my opinion this is all for the better right this is for uh, for the benefit of of people who need it the most because a you know they can finally get qualified financial advice without you know even meeting with anyone face to face without spending you know two hours without like trying to understand complex financial concepts but also because financial advice is becoming mainstream it's becoming more affordable for everyone right and the way basically like our platform kind of also makes it more affordable for everyone is so compared to traditional financial advisors who typically charge based on aum they have like very high commissions some hidden fees right that people not even aware about we're trying to make our fee structure very transparent and very affordable it's basically just three dollars per month uh you know per child's account or six dollars for the family with multiple kids but you know parents would get access not only to this tax advantaged investment account for children but also they're getting access to unlimited gifts from their friends and family and uh, university rewards and college calculator and all features and benefits that the app has to offer.
0: So uh, uh tell me a little bit more about the the levels of planning or planning advice available through your site mm-hmm. is is your site primarily designed for account establishment and an inexpensive transparent account establishment and management mm-hmm. or is there also a human component to to creating advice uh on your on your site as well
1: Yeah Great question. So the way we structure portfolios right now, uh, during the, the onboarding process, we ask a series of questions to understand the risk tolerance, you know, time horizon, uh, you know, some employment situation, and and a willingness uh, kind of to save and contribute to the account. And based on that profile, we have five different. Um, like investment portfolios, they're all constructed with very low cost Vanguard ETFs, uh, super well diversified. And basically the portfolios range from the most, uh, you know, uh, aggressive to the most conservative, just based on uh, personal preference. Another interesting thing about the portfolios is that three out of five portfolios are age-based. So it means that like as a parent, right? Like if your child is, one year old, we would like recommend more aggressive uh, S-delegation, but that, uh, that S-delegation would actually change to become more conservative as your child you know, becomes older and approaches college or adulthood. For parents, it's basically a great idea to, kind of a great uh, tool of set it and forget it, and I don't have to worry about my S-delegation anymore. But what's interesting is that we also will be introducing a new tool this year called UNEST Legacy so with uneth's legacy parents who would like to be more in control of their investment allocation will be actually able to purchase individual stocks and even even cryptocurrency in the child's investment account and so you mentioned that you have 11 year old daughter so imagine that you can actually talk to her about why you buy shares of amazon or facebook or why you decided on bitcoin for example right and you can teach her while she's still kind of teenager right about money about investments about compounding so by the time she is 18 she's actually financially educated and she will not be exposed to some like risky trading or some you know financial tools or investment tools that are not appropriate for her
0: well, we are almost out of time, and as I, as I projected, we could have spoken for six hours, but um, I, I'd like to get your extra credit assignment, the one actionable takeaway that folks listening can do. We, you know, we encourage people to graduate into retirement and not to see it as a retreat or a surrender, but to use financial literacy as a tool to get to financial freedom. So what would you say is the one action item that folks who spent a half hour or so with us can, can take today?
1: Yeah, I would say that it's really important to start early, right? So a, a lot of people hear about, you know, uh, benefits of compounding compounding works like magic uh, for investment investment returns over time and um, you know a lot of parents don't know like when to start saving investing for their kids so my advice would be just start as early as possible of course it's not ever too late even if you, your child is 16 but the earlier you start you're just amazed how much you know uh, savings you can accumulate with even allocating $10 per day for your child you can actually help them graduate into adult life with very very significant, significant investment, up to 60000 uh, a year just by making very small contribution on a weekly basis.
0: I, I'm smiling ear to ear. I can't thank you enough for joining us uh, on Don't Retire, Graduate. Where can people learn more about you?
1: Yes, they can go to uh, uh, App Store or Google Play and just find UNEST, or they can go to our website, unest.co.
0: Well, I encourage folks to check this out. I, I think it's a, I think it's a, an important service for the vast majority of the population to be familiar with. And Xenia, I, I have. Um, you know, we have tried as an organization, our firm has tried to bring financial planning to the masses. Uh, We created a program called Financial Planning for All, Mm -hmm. uh, which is available at financialplanningforall.com, which I would actually encourage you to check out also. It might be that we have some synergies between us to explore. Um, Mm -hmm. We also have a free financial literacy course uh, to help kids and young adults and and even adults who want a refresher to learn about financial literacy at bfguniversity.com. And it is It's completely free, and we've had hundreds of folks sign up in the first two weeks or so of the course. And and by the time we get to, to, you know, now that it's it's the fall, we've had plenty of time to grow that. So if you want to check those things out, there may be some synergies between us we should talk about.
1: Perfect. No, I'll definitely do. And thank you so much for your mission. I mean, I think that financial literacy is so important right now, not just for kids, but also for adults. So thank you for what you're doing.
0: Well, I thank you for what you're doing as well, and you've been a great guest. And to all our listeners, thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast and post comments and reviews on Apple Podcasts or other download sites. Don't Retire, Graduate is a book available in print, Kindle, and audio formats, and a workbook with all the steps you need to build your own financial freedom plan. For more information, go to BrotmanMedia.com or buy your copy and leave us a review on Amazon. You can also check out our financial education courses at BFGUniversity.com. We'll be back next week with another installment of Office Hours and in two weeks with another engaging guest. For now, this is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate. From this day forward, let us begin visualizing our dreams and building our futures. Today, I implore you, don't retire, graduate. Visit our website at don'tretiregraduate.com to subscribe and please like us and post comments on social media. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC. Kestra IS, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC. Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Kestra IS or Kestra AS are not affiliated with Brotman Financial or any other entity discussed. How much do you understand the future of finance?